Okay. Um. Yep. Okay. All right. Um. Okay. Yes. Good. What is that sound? Oh, that's just Sam. Okay, hi, you're listening to Strumpet Radio Hour, uh, the podcast for strumpets, trollops, and tarts worldwide. I'm Bean, and it's just me. It's just Bean recording in my living room. Um, Sam is eating cereal, so uh, right out of the box. So if you hear something uh, that sounds kind of like a raccoon digging through trash and growling... That's just Sam eating cereal out of the box. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm recording a solo episode because Susie had to record a solo episode last week. And she said a lot of things in there that I kind of wanted to... I I don't know. I wanted to take the time to set the record straight. Um, Especially about the hate mail, quote-unquote, that I sent her. Uh... First of all, yes, I did say that she was a dumb bitch for getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. But when I said that, I didn't mean it in a hateful way. Um, Making fun of people's disabilities or um, chronic illnesses is just something that is really important to me. It's gotten me through a lot in my life. Um, It's kind of my emotional support bullying tactic, if you will. So I really don't think I should be cancelled for that. I mean, God, you can't say anything these days without the libs, the the, the libs coming after you. I'm not very good at improv, um, so this is going to be a really painful episode. Let me think. What did Susie do? Okay, follow us on Instagram at Strumpet Radio. Uh, I haven't updated it in weeks. I've been dying inside my apartment. I don't really have a good excuse. I just have so much to do. And sometimes things, small things, become overwhelming. And I don't do them. You can also rate and review this podcast on iTunes, I think. I don't know. I've never been able to get on iTunes. It's been a problem for me. Leave us five stars. Uh, We originally said that you could be as hateful as you want as long as you leave us five stars, Um, but apparently we've had some reviews get removed (laughs) for hate, so, Uh, you know, I guess don't be too over the top about it. You can still say, like, you can say, like, you know, the audio's not that good. They have ugly voices. I put this over the speakers and my newborn wouldn't stop crying until I turned it off. Uh, but I think you gotta say something nice, otherwise iTunes will be like, what is this? This is spam. This is a scam. I don't know. When I was listening to Susie's solo episode, I kept being struck by the idea that it was like I had died <laughs> and she was carrying on the podcast without me or trying to and that was like kind of sad it made me a little bit sad to listen to um but mostly it was really funny she opened up this like listicle it's been a hot minute since I've listened to it she opened up like a listicle 
about uh, questions to ask yourself and it unraveled from there. This is uh, kind of stressful actually. I'm used to being able to check my phone or, or kind of be quiet for a moment and Susie will fill the void with her shrill, shrill voice, but now it's just deafening silence that I can hear. I can hear the silence in my headphones. Um, it's very uncomfortable. I also enjoyed listening to Susie discover barstool sports for the first time and be like, hey, this is bad. <laughs> um, I don't think I have as strong of opinions on, like, barstool sports and the, the call me call her daddy podcast uh it's definitely not for me it's definitely like i saw someone describe it as locker room talk for women which is upsetting <laughs> or i guess i should say it's that's all i need to hear to know that it's not for me because i've only heard the term locker room talk be used to defend like men saying horrible shit about women in their private lives uh so you know that's a pass for me but here at strumper radio we support all strumpets all trollops all tarts even if they are coping with things with with the overwhelming overbearing uh culture around female sexuality in a kind of toxic way I still can't hold it against them uh, as much as I would. I still can't hold it against them as much. As, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, I don't care. Okay. So, what's been going on with me? Um, the day after Thanksgiving, my washer broke. I don't know what happened. I don't some sort of tube came undone. I'm too my hands are so small and fragile. My brain is so smooth. I don't I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know. They tried to explain it to me and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. It's just a big machine." And just started spitting water everywhere. Basically, I, I, I did a load of laundry and I walked away and got on my computer. And then 15 minutes later, I heard like a gentle beeping. And so I <laughs> went to go check on it. And there was like two inches of water in my bathroom and kitchen. And the beeping was last week. Or the, sorry, the week before that, they had uh, sent... They had installed this like smart home shit in our apartment that... It was this little thing on the floor that would beep when it got wet so it could detect flooding and leaks. But for some reason, it was on like a slightly elevated part of the floor and then my kitchen and the rest of my, 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 that half of my apartment was like lower than it. So it didn't start beeping until the bathroom and kitchen were already covered in a couple inches of water. Which is just horrible luck. Like, it was just a bubble around it. It was just a, a spot of dry land. Um, so that was completely useless. Uh, and we were freaking out. And, like, <laughs> there's something... Your brain just breaks when there's water in places it's not supposed to be. And, it, like, all your survival instincts are like, I don't know what kind of danger I'm in. I thought I was in the sky. Now I might be in the ocean. 
I don't know what I'm supposed to be afraid of. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to solve this problem. So I, this was the day after Thanksgiving, so a lot of people weren't working who would normally be working. So I like called the maintenance number and then that led to a voicemail that gave me a new number to call and then that led to a voicemail that gave me a new number to call. So I was like frantically just waiting on the phone and then like trying to write down these numbers that were read off to me in the voicemail. And meanwhile, I'm, my genius smooth brain was like, I'll just throw all of my bedding into the flood and that will soak it up. And so I was like throwing. I threw all of our bedding, I threw our comforter, our sheets, like, all our blankets just into the kitchen and bathroom. Because we have a small apartment. It wasn't a huge space, but it was, like, a lot of water. Just trying to, like, soak it up with something. And then I finally get on the line with someone and, uh, they send the maintenance guys up here. And they were more calm about it than I was. They were just like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna shut off your water heater They brought up this, like, big vacuum thing that can vacuum up water, which I didn't know existed. I probably would have been more calm if I had known that existed. Um, and then my- my survival instinct to throw all of the bedding onto- into the flood, which ultimately did very little to absorb the water, was a very bad idea because then our washer was broken for a week, so I had to, like, stomp on- my comforter in the bathtub like I was making wine, like I was a peasant woman making wine. Um, yeah, it was really just a- Oh, god. It was fun. It was really cool. Um, so that was that. Our washer's fixed now. It took like- it was broken for like a week. Um, but we're good. We're Gucci. We're fine. But I apologize for not being there last week for you guys. I've been more and more detached from the podcast and from all things in my life that bring me joy because I'm really just trying to survive um, school and work and internships and leadership responsibilities and uh, my personal life as well. I'm just trying to balance all of it and not burn out and not start um, hating the things that I love. I think that school makes you hate the things that you love, I think. (laughs) I don't know. It's just as soon as there's deadlines, as soon as there's, like, assignments, and as soon as you have professors, like, grading you on things that you really care about, it kind of kills it. Um, So, I'm trying, but I I think I am going to make it through. I think I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to read a listicle of of questions to ask myself. Uh, I'm just going to keep repressing until we've got two more weeks. We've got two more weeks left. So, I can make it. Um, You know, smash that like button if you think I can uh, survive these next two weeks. And if you think I can't... DM me on Instagram at 8bitbean and send me a hateful message. I think that'll help motivate me. I'm motivated by spite. Completely. I've also had a couple... Well, I had an interesting... Uh, I was just talking to David, friend of the show. Uh, he knows how to... He knows how to douche a bussy like nobody else. I was talking to David and we came to the conclusion that 
life right now in in the covid the covid times uh which i'd like to clarify my partner and i have been very good like we don't see people we don't go places we have been taking this very seriously it's very frustrating to see people not take it seriously um but you can only control yourself so we've been do- we've been really careful like we don't now that it's cold outside we don't even do outdoor hangouts um where the fuck where was i going with that okay yes yeah, so me and david decided that like doing things right now is basically all of the regular anxiety that you have for doing those things, but none of the reward, none of the joy, the payoff, the relief. Um, and I think that's really apt. Like, I think doing virtual assignments for virtual classes, you still have the same anxiety going up to those deadlines, but there really isn't any payoff. You turn it in and you get a little check mark on Canvas and that's it, you don't really, you're not going to see the teacher, you're not going to be forming relationships, you're not going to be talking to people about it, you're just going to get another due date in a week, and you're going to have to do it again. Um, and obviously I'm simplifying, I'm over overgeneralizing, oversimplifying things, but that's kind of how it feels like. And that is how doing stand-up has been. I <laughs> have performed virtually quite a few times now and if I were in a regular circumstance of not being a club president and not trying to keep a comedy community alive at a time like this I probably would resign to just be like you know I'm not gonna perform for a year I I've hard I'm I was new anyway I've hardly done it um I'm young it won't really set me back that much. I'll just keep writing down my funny ideas and then I'll be able to like actually write sets when I can actually try them out and learn to perform them. Um, but I, that's not how it is. I'm trying to keep this community alive and I'm trying to keep people motivated to perform and I'm trying to put on virtual events for us, even if it's, you know, they're, they're never, they'll never be the same, but I've I've had a lot of people say like, you know, this is really, this socialization is really keeping me going. Like, we, we have a lot of fun. We laugh. We're, we're trying to be creative together. Um, so that's led me to, like, do a lot of things I wouldn't normally do, which is probably a good thing, but it's ultimately resulted in me doing a lot of really uncomfortable, <laughs> like, virtual performances where I can't get any feedback from people, um... So, I think I talked before about, like, opening for the punk band virtually, which... And it's never people's fault. Like, it's not the audience's fault that it's a virtual performance and their microphones are muted. But it still is very, like, disheartening because you have all that anxiety. Um, It's very stressful. And then you don't really have the feedback. And you can't even... You don't even have, like, the knowledge that you bombed. You just don't know. It's just like, I... I don't know if that was funny. Um, so, for part of my internship that I'm doing, I, I'm i a, a programming and events intern for the Student Union Building, and obviously that means I'm going to be doing virtual programming and events, and we wanted to test out the... We, we're, we're trying to set up an event where 
um, student musicians can, like, perform on the Instagram page for the Student Union Building on Instagram Live, and it'll be kind of like a, um, I don't know, just a way to get students, um, being creative and, and, and keeping kind of some engagement happening, even though we're all in different places, and, um, my peer, my coworker, I guess, who is going to be running that was like, well, I've never done Instagram Live before. I don't want the first time I'm doing it to be like when we have this musician ready to perform. And so my supervisor was like, oh, let's have Bean do a comedy set. Let's <laughs> let's have Bean do a five-minute comedy set uh, on our Instagram Live so we can test it out. And, you know, they've never heard my comedy before, so that made me really nervous. Um, I mean, like, I guess it was really sweet. Like, I think it was really, really kind and very much, like, clearly shows that they thought I was competent. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's probably funny. Like, she probably has it together. Which I don't, and I'm not. Um, (laughs) but... (laughs) So, uh, initially I was like, well, I'll find a different comedian to do it. But then it's like, that kind of defeats the purpose because I need to know how to use Instagram Live, too, for this role, so... I was racking my brain. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to have to go live on this technology. We don't know how it works. Um, And going live is so stressful because you're just live. And everyone gets a notification on their phone and they're watching you. And um, so I had like two weeks notice or like a week and a half. And I was racking my brain because I don't have a lot of sets. I have like five like polished sets. And I was like, okay, so I can't do ex-Mormon, my ex-Mormon set that has a lot of masturbation jokes in it. And, you know, because this is a test, we're not promoting it, so it's mostly going to be my friends and then, like, a bunch of the people I work with, including the people I don't know as well. And I was like, I don't want their introduction to me being talking about, like, crying when I masturbate because of my Mormon upbringing. So I was like, okay, ex-Mormon is out. Uh, and that's the one that also has, like, the picture of Jesus in the shower jokes. Oh my god. There's no way. So I was like, okay, next set is my relationship set, which I also have a reference to crying during sex and, like, talking about uh, how short men are better at making you come, talking about being bisexual, talking about my birth control, and I was like, that one would probably be the better one to do, but there's no way. I don't want to do that. Um, and, and I also did that, oh wait, no, I didn't. Then I have, uh, my set about anal sex, that's out. And then I have a set about babies going to hell, which I did for the punk show, and it relies on visuals, so I was like, that's not a good idea. And then I have my set about Twilight, which would actually probably have been the best one, um, because it's fairly tame. Like, there's some, I talk about sex and stuff, but it's more in a self-deprecating like kind of cheesy way oh my god i've already been ranting for 20 minutes whoever listens to this is sick in the mind sorry that's probably ableist okay so i was like well i can't do that i can't do any of those sets like i would be so anxious they're not like some of them are more raunchy than others but there were some where i really could have done also the twilight one was the most recent one so i was like a lot of people that's probably the only set they've seen me do if they're, like, newer to the school. And so I was like, well, I want to do something else. So I, like, slapped together a set 
from just like jokes I had written but that weren't like really fully finished and they were all kind of about my family I was kind of like making fun of the family group chat like being called out for swearing and having the bible quoted at me because I said the word ass uh and then like I told some jokes about like people selling pictures of their feet on the internet and it was all a lot of like it was all like a lot of build up for some pretty mediocre punchlines and I did it for my comic friends and they're like yeah that's a decent set but I was like yeah it's not that good I don't like it's probably fine but I didn't feel good about it and I think that's really discouraging for me I think I'm kind of a perfectionist so I was like well, I don't- I mean, I'm just gonna feel bad, because I'm not gonna be able to hear people laugh, so I'm gonna assume that I did a shitty job. So, like, we're down to the two-hour mark before this Instagram live event, and I'm still, like, editing my set. I'm still, like, trying to write new jokes. I'm still trying to, like, do something interesting. And then I was like, I don't have time. I can't change it. I'm just- I just gotta go with it. So, I- I have, like, this janky setup, but it looks pretty nice. My lighting was nice. My camera was, like, m up on top of my TV, so I, like, wasn't getting the double chin view for everybody. And we go live. Uh, my coworker, like, introduces what we're doing. She introduces me. Like, there are only, like, ten people who join, and it's mostly comedy club and then my coworkers. And I just start telling my jokes. I'm like, you know what? All I can do is, like, have fun and say what I've written. Because, I, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of, like, performing for me is that I'm not up there to improvise. I just have a plan. And even if I'm not feeling that good about it, even if I'm not feeling that good about my set, I can just do it. So I do that. And I'm, like, two and a half minutes into my five-minute set. And the thing with Instagram Live is that there's a really intense delay. We tested it out a little bit. Um... Like, when someone leaves a comment, you there's, like, a 20-second delay between the perf the person going live and the people viewing it. So, if you ask a question, like, hey, can you guys hear me? You have to wait 20 seconds before people are going to start commenting. And it's just, like, super awkward. So, you can't really rely on the audience. So, I'm, like, two and a half minutes into my set and a bunch of the comedy club, my comedy club friends, just start, like, spamming in the chat, like, where's Bean? We want Bean. And I was like, I've been here. I've been here for two and a half minutes. And, and then it crashed. The live video crashed. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so we get it back on. And it's working this time. Like, our supervisor is, like, messaging us. And is like, yeah, we weren't seeing anything. We were live for, like, two and a half minutes and nobody saw anything. Uh, but it's working now. And I'm like, well, I don't... I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't really know if people had heard my set before. Like, the, if they had heard the first half of my set. So I was like, well, I really don't want to repeat the same jokes. Like, I almost think it's worse to... Re for the chance of people hearing the same jokes again is worse than the chance of me just doing a short set. So I just did the second half. I did, like, the last half, which were about, like, feet picks. And they weren't that good. We ended it. And I just was so anxious. And then my supervisor was, like, he sent... He's, like, a really sweet and funny person. He sent, like, a message. He was like, well, that may have gotten off on the wrong foot... But I think people had fun. And I was so anxious and stressed out that I just, like, it just went over my head. I didn't get that he was making a pun. And I was just like, I know. It was horrible. 
<laughs> and then like two hours later he's like I guess you guys didn't appreciate my foot pun because <laughs> none of us replied <laughs> oh poor guy so that was two days ago and I just I don't know I wanted to talk about it I think it was pretty funny ultimately I think it was a funny thing but it was just like god I need this to end I am just trying to keep I'm just trying to keep myself going. I'm just trying to, like, keep doing the hobbies that I know I love, in theory, when things are normal. And um, I think I am building resilience because, like, if the worst- if, if I can survive, you know, just telling really bad jokes and nobody laughing and not knowing if anyone's laughing, like, that's pretty good. Like, if I can- if I can handle that, then I'll be okay. So... I'm building resilience, but god, it is, it is painful. I'm just trying to do this. <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself do things. Um, and I'm waiting for it to, like, stop hurting. And it ne maybe it never will, but I think it'll start hurting less. And I'll get a lot of reward from it. I think I, um, I used to be so socially anxious. I guess I clearly still am, but I pretend I'm not. Um... Like, it was to the point where I couldn't talk to new people. Like, I would go to an event and I would hang out in the corner and not talk to anyone. Um, and, like, when I was talking to someone, I was so in my head that I was so distracted and not present for the conversation. And I would say really dumb and awkward things. And people would think I was dumb and awkward, which I guess I was. <laughs> so, I'm like, I've grown so much um, just from, put, like, forcing myself to do the things that I'm scared of doing and it's been so rewarding and I was like you know I was always so scared that this the that anxiety would like hold me back from doing the things that I want to do and I think I've proven to myself a lot that it won't um but it will hurt it is less safe to go outside of your comfort zone there's more room for pain and something that but it's okay you know because also what happens when you do that, like, when you do what you're really scared of doing, um, is that you make friends. And embarrassing yourself or, or doing something that you regret or making a fool of yourself or just do, trying to do something and not doing a very good job out of it in a very public setting is always so much easier when you have friends who can laugh about it with you. And so, I'm doing okay, and and it's gonna be worth it, and I think it already has been worth it, but oh my god, dude, I wanna, I, I need COVID to be over, this is so painful, um, and we're almost over, we got two more weeks of school, I got a lot of work, but we are, we're gonna get through it with some strong relationships to, to come from it, so. Oh, God, I probably shouldn't go on for much longer, but this is kind of cathartic. I understand why Susie's episode became, like, Susie's diary. Uh, because this is good. This feels good. This feels good. You guys like this? You like this? You little...
forgot part of the flooding story. While I was um, freaking out and throwing all my bedding into the flood and waiting, you know, calling a million different maintenance numbers and then trying to explain, I was on the phone with the guy and I was like, hey, our washer is overflowing and flooding our bathroom and kitchen. And he said, oh, can you clean it up with a towel? No. I can't clean it up. I can't even clean it up with all of my bedding, sir. I've tried. Anyway, so while all this was happening, um, the maintenance guys finally get here with their water vacuum, and I am still in that, like, freak-out mode. Um, like, things going wrong where I need to get other people involved to help me, like, stress me out a lot. Like, a car breaking down. I think it does a lot of people. A car breaking down, you know, something happening, flooding in your apartment. Like, that's something where I can't take care of it myself. And I have to, like, get other people involved and be like, look at what I did. I'm so sorry. Um, so I was still, like, freaking out. But I, the most useful thing I could do would be just get out of their way. So I was, like, kind of standing in my living room watching them do it. And I, like, opened my phone. Because I was like, well, I guess I should go on my phone. And my grandma on Instagram had, like, personally DM'd me Mitt Romney's Instagram story, which was, like, some Thanksgiving story. And it was so funny. So I was just like, that is, she, God told her that I was in distress, and she sent me comfort in my time of need through Mitt Romney. She saw that Mitt Romney Instagram story, and she said, you know who would like this? My granddaughter, Bean. <laughs> it was very cute. Um... <laughs> Sam and I have started doing this thing uh, where whenever we feel we're both very anxious people but in kind of different ways I think we manifest it in a lot of different ways um, I think he's pretty outwardly anxious you can kind of tell and then for me it seems like it seems like people don't perceive me as an, Insta uh, an Instagram influencer Sorry. It seems like people don't perceive me as an anxious person. Uh, but it's... I don't really know. For sure. I've just gotten some comments of people being, like, surprised when I open up about being in personal turmoil 24-7. So we're both anxious people, and we've started doing this thing where when we are uh, feeling... You know when you're kind of just going about your day, and then your brain is like, Oh, remember this? Remember this? You little pig remember this you should you should feel bad about this you should feel stressed about this um we just go like we just verbalize it we go like stress 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 and it's been like <laughs> it's been like escalating <laughs> because i've been so anxious about that performance on friday that today i was just like in front, stood in front of my apartment window, and I was like, somebody shoot me, somebody shoot me. <laughs> Never mind, I'm fine. Um, and it helps. I highly encourage it. I highly encourage verbalizing your anxiety in a funny way around people that you love, because it, it helps. Um, it, it's kind of like you cope with it, you let yourself feel it, and then it, then it goes away. And you realize that you can keep going, so... <laughs> Hope you guys have been inspired by this, this episode. I saw 
a meme on Reddit today. I follow the Get Motivated subreddit, which I don't know why I do, because everything I see on there is cringe. It's not cringe. Like, if that if you're motivated by stuff like that, then that's good, and you should surround yourself by it. But I'm not. I always just see it as, like, kind of stupid. Um, and it was like, don't try to impress people. Try to inspire people. And that's, like, bad advice, I think, because that's the same fucking thing trying to impress people like you know people who really like try to be inspirational like that shit is so exhausting and it's always people who don't have their shit together so um i hope i've impressed you guys i'm trying to (laughs) impress you with this episode okay i have more to say but i'm just gonna cut it off there because this is so not the same without Susie laughing at the dumb shit i say or saying dumb shit for me to laugh at so i'll see you guys next week with my better half also if you have type 1 diabetes fuck you